I'm Dr. John Berkey. This is Forward to the Future, Conversations in Superintendent Leadership. This is season two, which features insightful interviews on leadership with the retiring superintendents in the Large Unit District Association in Illinois. It's an opportunity to learn from educational leaders as they look back on their careers. Well, welcome to this episode of Forward to the Future. And I would like to welcome a very special guest, Dr. Lane Abril, who is the superintendent of the Plainfield School District in Illinois. And Plainfield is actually one of Illinois' largest districts, I believe the fourth largest district right now in Illinois. So being superintendent of that uh, district is a huge job. And uh, Dr. April has been superintendent for nine years in Plainfield. So, Lane, I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. And you're our particular special guest today because you are retiring this year. And this is part of our series where we're talking with retiring superintendents that can help impart leadership lessons on those that are are going to be entering the profession or in the profession today. So, Lane, welcome. It's good to have you today. John, great to be with you. So let me start off with, tell us a little bit about your journey. So you're, you're, you're at the end of your career as a superintendent, but how did you start in education and why did you get into education? How did you end up becoming a superintendent? Well, John, I, I tell you, I come from a family of educators. Uh, my parents were teachers. Uh, I have two half sisters who uh, were in education or teachers. My aunt was a teacher, so it kind of, uh, there, there really wasn't anything else that I wanted to do as, as I was uh, growing up or entered uh, into high school and looking then at college and things of that nature. It just uh, kind of came natural, it seemed like. And I, I knew that I wanted to, to make education my career um, and, and do some coaching along the line, athletic coaching and things of that nature. Um, never really pictured going into administration uh, I thought I'd be a teacher and a coach for whatever. I didn't even know how many years it took to get to retirement when yeah. I started, uh, whether it was 33 years or 35 years, or you just keep going until you die. Um, but um, that's that's kind of how it all started. And I was fortunate enough to uh, do my, I went to Western Illinois for my uh, undergraduate or bachelor's degree and was placed for student teaching up in the Joliet area and did uh, eight weeks at, a, at Lockport High School and then eight weeks at a elementary school in New Lenox and was fortunate enough to be hired at Lincoln Way High School as a teacher and did some coaching and began to work on a, a master's degree in administration and that led to a dean's position and kind of one rung on the ladder moving up uh, every few years to assistant principal at the high school level, high school principal, and then uh, superintendent. And it's it's been a great ride. Uh, not sure that I would change anything or hardly anything in, in my career path or what I've done. Uh, I've led a, a charmed life in education, gotten to work in a, a few different school districts, certainly different settings uh, with different demographics and and clientele and, and enjoyed each stop that I've made. And Plainfield has uh, been the, the largest balance of my career. I was seven years as the high school principal here in Plainfield when we only had one high school um, in wow. a heyday of, of rapid growth. Oh, it was, it was 
uh, I came to Plainfield as assistant principal first, uh, 97, and then became principal at the high school as we were planning to open uh, Plainfield South. And Tom Hensel, who was the principal who hired me in Plainfield, he was planning and working on the opening of that new building and helping design it and staff it. Um, it, it was just a, a great time to be in Plainfield. And then I uh, had been here nine years and uh, a super, I wanted to explore uh, putting my, my leadership skills or the skills that I had developed and was looking at superintendencies and interviewing for different superintendencies and landed uh, in Leland, Illinois, which is a unit district, not a large unit district, but a very rural unit district in LaSalle County, spent seven years out there and um, was fortunate enough then to be offered the, the Plainfield position as superintendent and be able to come back to what I consider home. So I've spent uh, 18 of my years in Plainfield and it's just been a wonderful place. What a phenomenal career. And, uh, you know, I, you know, with all of the experience you've had and now leading, you know, one of the very largest districts in Illinois, uh, why give you an opportunity to, you know, tell our listeners, what are just, as you reflect back on this career, what are some of the major lessons that you've learned that you think you can help impart to others? Well, and in, in not necessarily in any particular order. I mean, there, there's just a bunch of lessons, I think. But, you know, I, I, the, any success that I've had, uh, either as a principal or uh, superintendent, have, have really been due to the folks surrounding me. Uh, so, you know, I, I know it sounds corny or trite or old school to say surround yourself with good people. I mean, who's going to say surround yourself with bad people? I guess, I guess you could, that might make you look good, but you know, we're, we're a team here. Well, and, and you know what, I guess there are, and I never could understand that. And I know I couldn't operate that way. I mean, I, I always, uh, in putting together my team or working with the assistants that I had, whether they were assistant principals when I was a principal or now, being in a large district, I'm fortunate enough to have four assistant superintendents who are all crackerjack in their areas, whether it's HR, curriculum, finance, um, special ed, or student services. I've, I've been so lucky. And, uh, you know, surrounding yourself with your most trusted lieutenants, so to speak, uh, and, and having people from different backgrounds that don't always agree with me, certainly, on things you know, those are, I, I've been so lucky to have folks like that um, who have differing opinions on things that we can discuss uh, adult, in an adult way and rationally and come to a conclusion that's good for kids and good for the organization and good for our staff. Um, you know, if folks can help save me from a mistake that I might make, why wouldn't I want those differing opinions? It doesn't certainly mean that, that I'm going to do those or we're going to enact those every time, but I just, I think that's huge. You know, you have to treat people, treat everybody. Even when I was a teacher, you know, you try to treat kids or students or your colleagues like they're famous. I mean, it doesn't mean they get to do whatever they want and all those other types of things, but just treat them like they're famous. And as a principal, or even when I was a dean, I mean, I didn't necessarily go, or superintendent now, I don't go looking for conflicts or problems and picking up rocks and looking underneath every one of them. 
But when conflict or, or issues or concerns or problems come across your desk, you really do need to be prepared to deal with them because rarely do those issues or those problems or those complaints just go away on their own. Uh, you have to be able to address it and address it in a, a thoughtful manner. And, and, you know, if it's someone who comes to you with a concern and a complaint, be it a parent, a staff member, you have to be able to listen, use those communication, communication skills of listening um, and, and be able to respond and be able to uh, communicate that response to folks. And, you know, I found over my 36 years total in education that if you listen, people feel like they've had their day in court with you. You give them the response that you can. They respect that. They understand that. Um, they, they appreciate that. They know that not every decision you make is going to come out their way, but they just want to be heard, you know, that you're honest with them, those types of things. I, I think another leadership lesson out there is as a principal or assistant principal or superintendent or whatever administrative role. I mean, you have to balance out being visible, but also balance out the time uh, that you are in your office because there's deadlines that have to get met in that way. Uh, you have to try to live in both worlds and, and, you know, you run into the situations where people say, well, I never see the principal or I never see the superintendent. Well, okay. If you spend too much in your office, then you get behind in the deadlines, but you've got to be able to be seen and, and be visible also. I, a big thing of, of mine that I think is a, a needed leadership characteristic is you have to, you do have to be humble. I mean, there's, there's an old saying, there's two types of people in the world, those who are humble and those who are, who are about to be humble. And uh, old timers like me, or maybe a little bit like you, veterans, not, you're, not, you're not old, you're a veteran, but veterans of us in the education uh, profession, we sure see that of those two types of people. And, and the last thing I think for anybody going into a leadership position, and sometimes, you know, you have to maybe look outside of the organization you're in if, if there aren't any roles that, you know, are, are open. Uh, going to a small rural district like I did, leaving Plainfield as, as principal of Plainfield High School, we had about 2,500, 2,600, depending on the year, 2,800 students. I went out to be superintendent in Leland, which is a very small rural district of, of less than 500 students in LaSalle County. I mean, that was a great uh, preparation for me. It was kind of like, you know, you go to be a, a, a part-time uh, pizza worker at a Domino's or a delivery driver, and then X number of years later, you end up being the franchisee owner. Uh, because you've done so many different roles. And in Leland, I was the superintendent. I was the financial business manager. I was the CNI person. I was the HR person. Uh, all of those things, I just think, um, allowed me to return to Plainfield and be able to hopefully successfully, I believe successfully, manage and, and lead a, a large organization like we are. So if I could ask you back on, on that topic, because you have the unique experience of spending a substantial amount of time leading a really large district, but also being in a much smaller district as superintendent. You, you talked about how when you're in a small district, you do everything. And, and that's very true. But what are, how, how is the job different? What other differences are there um, between the superintendency and a small district and a large one? 
Well, certainly, um, and there are differences, no question about it, you're right, Jen. And in a larger district like I'm in now in Plainfield, I, I have to have folks who are my assistants. And in our 31 schools, our principals, building principals, who are on their A game all the time. And that's, that's just one of the things. I mean, you know, I receive certainly uh, contacts from parents on a variety of topics. And in Leland, I would solve or work on those topics or those complaints if they did come in or concerns. Here, we're just too large with over 25,000 students that I can get involved and micromanage every situation. I oftentimes have to rely upon our building principals or our assistant soups to help solve uh, some of those problems. Communication is another one. In Leland, when we needed or wanted to make changes that were good for students or good for the entire uh, district or community, it was a much simpler process where in Plainfield, there are times, you know, we're a large battleship and to turn that large battleship just takes time. And uh, sometimes, you know, impatient people, time is not a, a something that they understand. Um, so communication and understanding the ripple effects that one decision can make throughout our entire organization and making sure that the communication part is there and so people aren't blindsided and, and those types of things. Um, you know, staffing in a rural district is oftentimes more challenging maybe than a larger district. Um, you know, when you need only maybe one or two science teachers at the high school level in, in Leland, getting those uh, candidates to come to rural America uh, for maybe what isn't the bright lights or the big city or not necessarily the, the larger pay is a challenge. Um, there's just differences and it certainly, certainly doesn't make one better than the other or one more palatable or nicer. I, my, the seven years I, I spent in Leland, I wouldn't trade for the world. Um, coming back home to where I kind of consider home, being Plainfield, uh, even though I didn't go to high school here and those types of things, I do consider it my home. And being given the chance to be superintendent um, has just been a fantastic experience for me and I've been blessed and, and uh, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Two different communities, but two communities that cared about their kids, supported the schools. And uh, again, I've been charmed in my educational career. No, to sound like both, both great, both very different, but both very, uh, very positive experiences that helped led to your, your growth. So no, that's, that's great to hear. So one of the things that goes with any leadership job is there are challenging issues to deal with, and there just always are. When you look back on your career, um, what's a particularly challenging issue you had to deal with as a leader, either you know when you were a superintendent or as a as a as a building leader, and, and how'd you deal with it? Well, I tell you what, and and that's interesting because you know it's just as you all know, being a former superintendent and a former building administrator yourself. I mean, there's continually things that you need to work on. And then there's some flashpoints that become real big issues, whether it's involving student discipline, personnel, finances, um, any of those types of things and culture and climate uh, of your building or of the entire organization or district. And, you know, I, as I reflected upon this uh, question, 
or reflect upon it, really one that we ran into, I ran into, um, was here in Plainfield. And, and it really was for many uh, school districts, especially in the suburban area or schools, but it was uh, in regards to the student uh, unrest, the societal issue of um, shootings, mass shootings, uh, school violence. And this was particularly in March of, I believe it was 2018, um, somewhat recently or around the time of Parkland, uh, the, the school shooting down there and the loss of life. And, you know, it became uh, an issue in society uh, and students in schools are part of society. And many of our students, especially at the high school level, were uh, wanting to participate in walkouts. And, you know, as a high school principal, uh, walkouts, you know, are, are, can be a big, big concern because there's lots of reasons that can be considered good reasons that students want to walk out. And you have a culture and climate and we need rules and we need, you know, law and order, so to speak, and discipline within our buildings. The educational process needs to not be disrupted. And, you know, we, we need to, um, I don't want to say supervise, but, you know, we need to maintain a positive culture and climate in our buildings. So with that being said, and, you know, our principals have been telling our high school principals, and now we have four high schools, uh, had, had told me that this was an issue that had legs amongst their student body, and they had been meeting with their student body leaders or student council leaders, and, you know, that there were going to be these walkouts, and okay, well, we've got a plan for this and all of that. And we, uh, I suggested to them about, you know, if, if we just have student walkouts, what are we going to do in a month from now and another month or two months when there is another concern, whether it's a societal concern or whatnot? And we came up with a plan that uh, students who did participate in the walkout, first of all, we, we needed to work with all kinds of different this involved everybody. It involved parents, students, staff, our board of education had concerns about it. The administration in the building certainly had concerns about it. It affects your culture and climate. It's a societal issue that students felt very passionate about, or at least some students. And you want to listen to your students. You don't want to, you know, squash those feelings, so to speak. But, you know, if you're going to have, and again, we have four high schools of between now 2000 to 24, 2500 students not knowing how many are going to walk out, not knowing how many take the issue seriously or who are just kind of going along because their buddies going out the door or walking out the door, all of those types of things came into this. And so we, uh, and, and if students 200 at Plainfield South or 400 at Plainfield North walked out, you're going to have a group of students outside for X amount of minutes. They need to be safe out there because you know, unfortunately, there are people in our society who want to do harm to us who could know that this is going to happen on X date at this time. And it just the potential was could be really bad if, if not handled in the best way possible or at least planned out to be handled in the best way possible. So we had to work with police to provide and make sure that, you know, there was a safe area or that traffic going by wasn't an issue and all that type of stuff. So we came up with a plan. 
I suggested to my assistant superintendents first. They thought it was worth uh, discussion. We did with our high school principals. They liked it and loved it. We were able to uh, give students a choice. You want to walk out? Okay. You feel strongly about this topic? We all do. You walk out. You're either going to need to do one of two things. One, you could serve a traditional regular after-school detention of 30 minutes, or we set up and I contacted our local legislators at the state uh, state representative or state senator level, and they came in and did a 30 to 45 minute assembly with those students on gun control, on what the laws say, on what can be done to stop school shootings, what resources were they going to commit to as political leaders to give schools to help deal with students who might have issues and act out in this way. And it really, we turned it into, I think we turned it into um, a teachable moment. And it, it really worked out very well. We were able to keep kids safe, but at the same time, students understood that if they did choose to walk out, they needed to commit to something else, either coming to this assembly that was educational after school for 30 or 45 minutes, or yeah, you can go sit in detention hall for 30 minutes and, and pay your time to us that way. But there's, there's again, a lot of good reasons that students might think to walk out of school, but you just, it, it's hard uh, to, to make those calls on what is a good reason and what isn't. So that was an extremely challenging situation because it involved everyone across the board, parents, student staff, Board of Education, uh, police. Um, and, and again, it can affect the culture and climate in your building. And everyone had an opinion. Oh, an opinion or more than one opinion. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's uh, no, certainly a, a, a challenging situation. But I think uh, well, I think the meeting you know, offering that meeting with legislators, legislators was a great was a great idea to be able to talk about uh, uh, some of these uh, legal issues and what can and can't be done. So let me ask you to look back on your career. I asked you earlier to look back and talk about a challenging situation, but I'd like you to look back and 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 tell me what is if you could pick one thing. What is one thing that stands out as the thing that you're just most proud of that you are able to personally be involved in personally accomplish well i'm gonna uh, i i'll give you one but then can i give you like one a and one b absolutely <laughs> and I'll, I'll make it brief i mean you know the number and, and i'm not sure i could put these in any any order but i think number one is i have tried to stay the same person that i am as far as my own core characteristics over time, whether I was a teacher, a dean, assistant principal, whatever level. Um, and hopefully the people that I've known throughout my 36 years in education or some of that time, they would tell you that, that I have not changed those, maybe modified a little with the times, hopefully, but those core ones have, have really stayed true. I mean, on a little bit, of, it's professional, but more of a personal note was uh, in 2005, uh, I was selected by the Illinois Principal Association as high school principal of the year. And that, as, as far as any recognition or award, that's by far uh, the one that's the, the top of the 
top of the mountain. I mean, because it came from my peers. Well, that's great. Uh, and yeah. that's, it's a great honor. And thank you. Uh, and it was uh, certainly not, so, you know, I don't know that anybody goes out trying to win that award, but when it either falls in your lap or people recognize you in that way, it's just, I, I still uh, get shivers up and down my spine when I think about it. And then the last, really, though, as far as probably an accomplishment with a school, a district, uh, with colleagues, those types of things would be when I returned, well, yes, when I returned to Plainfield, uh, one of the things that was in our strategic plan that has never happened in Plainfield was being able to have all day kindergarten for all eligible students. And really, there's only been the half day program in Plainfield. And that was due to space over the years. The rapid growth we had between 1993, uh, when the after the tornado came through in 90, kind of put Plainfield on the map. Everybody wanted to move to Plainfield, it seemed like after that. And uh, the, the rapid growth, uh, and then when it stopped, and even those, you know, coming out of the, the depression or the recession, I should say, um, we just didn't have the room for all day kindergarten for all eligible kids or students. And, you know, that's, that's been something that was a goal of mine, a goal of the district. And even though I'm a high school person by trade, uh, really, that's been when, when I was teaching or a dean or a high school principal, obviously, that was where I was, I believe, in all day kindergarten. And it doesn't necessarily mean that in math, science, uh, history, whatever, social studies, language arts, that our students were getting double the amount now. But it's that socialization aspect. It's that... Um, you know, being able to have lunch. Now the half day kindergarten programs didn't have lunch in our building. All of those types of things that I think are more important than ever for students to learn, be exposed to as they start to move up the, the food chain. And I'm proud to say that this is our first year uh, of having all day kindergarten for all eligible students. We were able to accomplish it by, by building a new elementary building that opened up space in all the neighborhood schools and uh it's it's been fantastic and that is something that i am the most proud of as far as being able to accomplish professionally well no that's a, a great legacy that you've been able to open up more opportunities for uh for the younger students and i think you know those of us that have, have led uh unit districts know that uh if we get the early part of our district right with kids that will set them up for success in every other part of our district. So yeah, we can't underestimate the importance of early childhood education. Um, well, we're, we're coming near the end, but I got one important question before we go. We've we spent some time here where listeners can learn about leadership from you, but every leader looks to others to get inspiration from. Who's a leader that you really admire uh, and why? Well, and again, it's so hard for me to just name one. Um, you know, I, I, I've worked with so many great administrators over the years, and some of them, I mean, each one of them I learned something from. It's almost like if I, if I went to a district to work with someone else uh, who was the principal or a new principal came into my building, they had a characteristic that one of the others that I didn't work with didn't have. 
um, yeah, it, it's, it's just so interesting how that's worked out and how I've been lucky to see and, and learn things from other people. Um, you know, as, as far as a historical figure, you know, someone like uh, Abraham Lincoln and, and the lessons that uh, I've learned from reading materials or, or the history that I've learned on him, how he surrounded himself with a cabinet that had very differing opinions than him and some of the spirited discussions. Talked about earlier, right. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I can't tell you how much that that's had an influence on me. The lessons of Dale Carnegie uh, on, on, you know, how to win friends and influence people, but those types of, uh, that, that type of leadership and, and so many athletic coaches that I either had growing up or that I've worked with or been fortunate uh, enough to have been in our high schools or even middle schools. It, it's just unbelievable. So I'm not sure that I can name one specific one other than, you know, historically a, a figure like Abraham Lincoln. Um, but I've been so lucky to work with so many great leaders. Uh, people like Dave Turner at the Illinois Principal Association when I first broke in. Um, just, just so many people uh, that I have to thank and hopefully have helped, helped me or helped mold uh, whatever successes that, that we or I have had. Well, I think that, I think that's a great, I think that's a great leadership lesson in itself that, that successful leaders are often the kind of people that throughout their career encountered and were able to surround themselves with other great leaders. And so I think that's a great, a, a great way to end. And I, uh, I, I just want to say, you know, congratulations Lane, on a, on a great, very accomplished career and for all you've done for, uh, for, for students in Illinois, it's, uh, it's, you've been a huge value to, the profession and uh we we wish you well um after you leave after you leave Plainfield. so with that uh we conclude this episode of forward to the future and we thank dr lane april for spending time with us today thank you john <laughs>